Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of The Way of Violent Realization, presented by Systems Within Systems. So, Ben, last time you guys were talking about internalization and how to make that real, make change in your life real, right? Yeah, so uh, Sifu spent a lot of time talking about um, what he would call mini-enlightenments, and those realizations you get at different points in your life and how to bring those out of just the realm of the mind and bring them in to the rest of your life. But we didn't really talk about, uh, you know, the process of it. We didn't go too much into it. You touched on it, but I don't think we went too much in it. Um, so we can talk a little bit about um, change and we can talk about discipline and how to, how to keep... Those uh, those realizations from drifting away, which happens to all of us. Okay, so which one which one do you feel like tackling first, change or discipline? Well, let's let's start with change, and then we can get into how important discipline is to bring about those changes. So, whenever you're talking about change, so let's say, you know, most people want to change because they're unhappy with something, and. You know, based on the conversation we had before, so it doesn't matter what it is. So let's say you want to work out because you're unhappy with your physique or you're unhappy with your stamina or, or whatever. So when you start to work out, you know, you, all these things come into play, like your diet, your exercise regimen. But unless you, it's not just the change in those habits, it's the causes, it's the roots of them. You know what I mean? So your thought process, or like whatever, however you are, <clears throat> brings you to the point of why you do these things. So like I am the way I am, and you have a natural resistance to eating certain ways, to training certain ways, and doing stuff, you know, so I'm like, okay. But if you really want to actively change something, you have to address where you are right now. And that's what's going to allow you to bring about the change. So if we... If we Talk specifically about the exercising and the diet, things like that. You go, okay, you have to change the way you think about food. You have to address the way you, you feel about food. You know what I mean? So if you have, you know, some people only eat for the sake of sustenance. You know what I mean? So like they, food is fuel. They put whatever they need to in their systems. And whether that's good or bad, whatever it is, it's a bit easier to change what you eat that way. But if you address food, if you have like a like an almost sexual or lustful relationship with food, like if you're in love with food, and the more decadent and rich it is, the more you know you consume it, it's going to be much harder for you to make that address. It's like, well, I want to lose some of my tummy fat. It's like, well, you can't have an affair with cake. You <laughs> so you're saying to lose my belly fat. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not addressing I directly. have to break up with Kate. <laughs> I'm just saying it may have to be more of a long-distance relationship where you see cake less often. Cake's not going to like that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure cake's the problem on that end. So <laughs> my point is you, you have to look at the relationship you have with it, and that's really what it is. It is a relationship. You've developed a relationship with the way you train like you if you work out at a gym i don't work at a gym because i don't 
enjoy working out at a gym. I don't like the atmosphere. I've got social anxieties and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not an environment that would be very conducive to me to working out. Because I'm, I'm more concerned with, okay, what the hell do I have to watch my wallet? Where are my shoes? Is this machine clean? You know, like... It's never clean. Yeah. <laughs> the, the point is, my mental energy would be completely wasted on other things at the gym if I'm trying to work out. Whether So when I'm training at home and I'm doing my form, which is my preferred method of working out, I can pay attention to how I'm moving in those forms. So that's easy for me to address. And um, I've heard it a bunch. I know, Sifu, you've heard this a ton of times. <clears throat> People are like, oh, I can't go to the gym. I'm not in good enough shape. i got to work out before I go to the gym. People are worried about other people at the gym looking at them. So they want to be in a specific physical condition to even be able to go to the gym. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that you, that's one of those mindsets that you need to address. You go, okay, this is, this is how I actually view things. So what you're saying is for change to really work out, you need to uh, address and confront who and where you are now. Yeah. That way you can begin to realize who and where you want to be later. That's that's definitely part of it. Yes. Yes. Another thing you can bring into it before you even get to discipline is what I what I consider academic versus, you know, experiential understanding. So if you take someone and we'll just stick with the martial arts. I don't have a ton of fight experience. I mean, there have been accidents in class where I've gotten clipped here and there, and you go, okay. But no one's been really trying to kill me. So I have an idea in my head, if someone's in front of me trying to kill me, of how I think I'll respond. But if I'm honest with myself, I have to be like, maybe that won't go down the way I think. You know, I gotta, I gotta look at the full gambit of emotions that'll be going through me, of whatever's standing in front of me, however I design the scenario in my mind, versus, so like, I have more of an academic understanding and I have a limited experiential understanding. You know what I mean? Versus someone who's really like, I've had a gun put to my head. It was unpleasant. I'm like, okay. And like, that person doesn't have to guess at that experience. You know what I'm saying? They're not. They're not wondering like what was what, what was that experience like. They're like, no, I remember it pretty vividly. It was pretty uncomfortable. Like we had a guy that got robbed at gunpoint by three guys, and he managed to get out of it. Fortunately, he escaped. I believe he ran away, yelling "Help! Help!" Perhaps in a zigzag pattern. But the point is, he got out of there with the majority of his stuff because. The way he said it went down, it would it would not going to go well for him if he had followed their instructions. Let's say that. So, but he made a decision to act there. But the thing is, so if you talk to him about what it's like to have a gun to your head, and you talk to someone like me about what it's like to have a gun to your head, listen to him. He knows more. He's actually had it. So, bringing that in, you know, it's like oh well, you know, and it comes into all these things. Like if I can. If I continue to train, I, I won't have these feelings anymore. If I continue to do this, I'll, I'll never have to worry about it. So if I get all this money, my life will change in all these different degrees. Well, that's, if you haven't been there, you can't 100% accurately say that. 
And if you look at it honestly, if you're honest with yourself, you go, maybe, maybe it wouldn't go, go down that way. You know, because, I mean, if you look at all these people, there's a number of people that win the lottery, and some of them do well. Most of the people that do well continue their life as if they didn't win. But the people that end up destroying themselves, they, they change everything. And also, and there's a number of things that go into that, but they, they're not able to handle that change in their life. They think they are. They think they want it. Everyone thinks they want it. You know, I had a conversation with Sifu recently. He's like, so if I gave you, like, giving you $100 million may destroy you, but if I gave it to you, are you going to say no? And I'm like, no, of course I'm not going to say no. If someone offered me $100 million, I'm, you know, most likely going to take it because that's how things work. But you don't know... You can't know 100% until you've experienced it. And you don't know everything that goes along with it. So that's, that's an important part of it, just about seeing where you're at. As far as discipline goes, I'm basically just going to have to quote Star Wars. Um, and you and I had a conversation about this as well. And it's just Yoda. Like, do or do not. There is no try. And that's... And I, I thought about that for a while. I was like, okay, do or do not. Do or do not. When you make a decision, it, you can, and I've done this many, many times, you can lie to yourself by saying, I'm trying. I'm trying. And that's, what are you actually saying when you say you're trying? That you do not. That's, right. At the moment, so like, if you're in the middle of it, and you're actively trying to accomplish whatever that goal is, whether it's weight loss, whether it's, you know, changing your diet, you know, like, like what happened to your diet? And you see me eating like a half a cheesecake. And I go, I'm trying. Well, no. <laughs> At that moment, I actively chose not. So I'm not following the diet. I did not do it. So from, a, from an elemental perspective, when you make that decision, you have to be a little bit, you got to bring out your your inner steel element. You gotta put things in terms of black and white and you gotta get rid of the gray area, which is what I'm very good at. The gray area, I mean, not putting things in black and white. The gray area allows you to hem and haw and converse with yourself and give you, uh, what's the word, temporize. You familiar with temporization, temporize? You're just, you're just buying time. You argue with yourself to buy time. Yeah. But when you make it black and white, you go, and you say, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this, it becomes very, very clear. And it makes it easier, at least for me, to tell myself to shut up, which is the person who's usually in the way of me accomplishing stuff. So. <laughs> so discipline doesn't sound particularly easy or convenient. No, let's... That's one of the sayings in the school for as long as I've been in the school and probably longer. Sifu always says discipline isn't convenient. So it doesn't matter what obstacles present themselves. If you've made a decision to follow through that course of action, you address the obstacles as they arise. And that's just what it is. It's never... So, um, when you look at... You know, some wealthy people, some famous people, some entrepreneurs, most of them 
or a number of them say, like, look, if I knew everything that was going to be involved in doing what I did at the start, I may not have followed through. You know, so <laughs> sometimes a little bit of ignorance is very, very beneficial, especially really I'm like, oh, what could go wrong? We're going to start a business. You know, we'll just make lots of money and things will go great. And then you realize you're like, I have to file what taxes? What do you mean we have shareholders? And like, you know, all these things come up and whether someone's taking control of the business or moving it in a different direction or the powers that be keep you from moving ahead the way you want and there's all this red tape, if you know how you wanted that business, regardless of what it is, you know, provided it's legal, and you can find the proper channels to go through, you, there are obstacles. You force yourself, you go, I'm going to find the way to do this business the way I want it done until it gets to a point where I'm not. And which is a much healthier way to approach things than, uh, I don't know, it's, it's okay. I think I'll just coast for a while, see how it goes. That's, you're not giving the business or yourself a chance for it to do what it's designed to do. Oh. I kind of went off topic there. That's all right. We got into change. We got into discipline. Really, I think what we wanted to get into tonight is how do we use discipline to enact and hold on to change? Make the changes <clears throat> that we've wanted, or rather that we want to make, real. How do I do it? <laughs> All right, so the process you're talking about is internalization. And that's taking something... Um, from what it is, whatever, whether it's a mini-enlightenment or a realization, and finding a process to make it a part of you. So, there's no, I don't think there's any shortcut. <laughs> With something like the Kung Fu, any change you make is made across multiple fields. So let's say you want to change your thought process. So you're like, I feel this way about X. If you want to give me an example, that's fine. I'm not, I'm kind of thinking abstracts today, so. But uh, when you change something about the way you think, it's going to have repercussions in the way you feel about other things and the way it manifests itself physically, the way you manifest yourself physically. And it's it's not just, we're, we're not like little robots. You can't go in and just change one thing and everything else remains unchanged. That's, it's just, it's all that interconnection that comes into play. So it really comes down to what you want to change. With something like the Kung Fu, so I'll use the Kung Fu as an example because that's what I've been working with. The reason I started with Kung Fu, uh, I guess nine years, nine years ago, training with you and I've been out of the martial arts for a long time, but we've been with Sifu for about <coughs> nine years. I was, what's the best way to say it, scared of everything. That's a fair way to say it. And all that fear easily led into tons of anxiety, and I didn't know 
what it was. I had a lot of confusion as far as faith and things of that matter. And <clears throat> I can't even... There's no distinct statement that made me stay in the school. <clears throat> but the, one of the beneficial things is I come into the school. I took a couple of classes with you at, at Rutgers when you're running those seminar classes. And the nice thing is, like, Sifu's not a hell of a lot bigger than I am. We're both, we consider ourselves smaller people. Neither of us is. You, you're, you're, I don't consider you a smaller person. Like, there's a, at least a half foot in height difference, so that's, a, that's noticeable. But he's working with guys like Tree, and uh, if, you, if you know Pitbull, and, <clears throat> and Eclipse was there one class. And these are all much, much larger people. Well, with a name like Tree or Eclipse, I think big like a tree or so big he blots out the sun. Yeah, both Tree and Eclipse are, give or take, <clears throat> six and a half feet tall. Tree's like, got to be six, eight, six, seven, six, eight. He's a big man. Six, six, yeah. Eclipse yeah. was just probably around that size but just wider yeah yeah he's he was a big intimidating looking dude and i was a scared puppy of a college student and i remember the class he was in and you're talking about wrist breaks a little anecdote and you called me out because you just did and you're like, here, come here. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, and you're like, you look at Eclipse, you grab his wrist. And then Eclipse, being Eclipse, because you, you taught a slightly um, rougher group of people back then, just a little bit more aggressive. He wasn't like rude or unpleasant or anything. He was just huge and tough as hell. So he grabbed my wrist, but he wasn't like just holding on to my wrist for the sake of holding on to my wrist. He grabbed my freaking wrist. I'm like, and then you looked at me and he goes, are you going to punch this man in the face if he grabs your wrist? And I go, and I couldn't say anything. And then, like, you're just like, at that point, you're like, you looked at me and you looked at him and you're like, this, this technique is just not going to work. And you're like, okay, let him go. And then, and then we went back to working with our respective partners. I had a point. The point is these individuals all these like large people were <clears throat> deferring to someone close enough to my size not not simply because of you know the years you put into the art and it wasn't simply out of nominal respect like guys like tree and eclipse they knew there's like this little man can destroy me and i go subconsciously i was like well there's there's something in this. This is real. I want that. And th these were not conscious thoughts. These were not things that I, I put into words until much, much later. And it took me another three or four years to actually come down to school. And I've been there ever since. But the issue is you could see the difference. So just in your movement, the abilities, like it's not... People aren't catering to you. If you if you move the way you move, it your size becomes irrelevant because it's it's you. So as far as internalization and bringing about stuff well, for the sake of the kung fu, um, it's not just doing 
the physical movements. And I, I know I've said this before, but I, I want to drive the point home. A lot of people view the martial arts as just an amalgamation of techniques. And that's not, from my perspective, that's really just not... Correct. It's, it's, it's not correct, but it's, it doesn't do it justice. It's just it's like, well, I mean, the techniques are part of it, but that's so, that's just a very small piece. Because it's really about discovering who and what you are, and in that, how you move. So there's four people in this room. And if we each did the arts, we've all been in the arts for a number of years. But if, you, if we all throw the same punch, the same design punch, like this is a reverse punch, throw the reverse punch. You'll get four distinct expressions of the reverse punch based on how we align ourselves, how we're generating power from it. And, you know, just, just little nuances because of the differences in our, on our physicality and the way we think and just the overall what we are, the way we move. So... Sifu's is obviously going to be the most practiced. <laughs> There's going to be the most in it, the most behind it. I can't honestly say that when I throw the reverse punch, everything that I am is going into it. I'm bringing as much of myself as I can into it. But there's still a lot of aspects of myself that I don't understand well enough to really tap into. So I'm... When you stand in front of me, you're getting as much as I can bring to the table. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to hold anything back intentionally, but there's still some things I'm working through. And that's what the art's designed to do. It forces you to confront yourself. So in any type of internalization, whether you're trying to change your thought patterns, whether you're trying to change your movements, whether you're trying to change um, your life. So let's try, you're trying to be cleaner overall. You know, you're trying to keep things less cluttered. You, things are cluttered for a reason. That didn't just happen overnight. You didn't just, like, well, someone brought a, you know, a truckload of stuff and I just put it in the room and I haven't dealt with it yet. No, it, it built up over time. And it's that way because of the way you think, your perspective, the way you view things. So... You have to not only change your physical habits about how to organize things, you have to change your, your mental and emotional habits. So if you have too much stuff for the space you live in, that might be emotional. You may just be unwilling to get rid of certain things. And you have to go, okay, I don't actually need this. This doesn't mean anything to me. I'm merely keeping it because I have a pseudo-sentimental like, attachment to it. Or I think it's going to be worth money someday. But if I really think it's going to be worth money, just sell it now. You know. And you have to make those choices. And it has to become that black and white decision. What, what Sifu calls uh, you know, the unsheathed sword. You have that sword that cuts through adversity. And if you're, you're committed to decluttering your space, you have to make the decisions. And it may take you time. You may put things in piles. You're like, this is definitely giveaway, and it's two things. Because you're just starting out. Like, I can definitely give away these two things that are obviously garbage. And you'll have this massive, you know, takes up a third of the room maybe pile. 
and then there'll be the massive pile that's I'm definitely keeping all this stuff. But the more time you put into it, it's not just the physical act of doing it. You have to pay attention to your mental state. You have to bring that thought process into it. And you have to address what's happening. Okay, do I really need this? And that little, one of those little voices inside you go, yes, we need that. And another little voice is like, well, no. No, we don't. You don't need your coloring book from when you were four. That's no longer relevant. You may want to keep that, but that's, it has to become an active choice rather than just an emotional response. And we can go into trigger points from there. Trigger points allow you to recognize when you need to take action. So, but that's, that's a part of it. So it's, it's very difficult to address the, the, the process. It's hard for me to put it into words. But it, it's not, I don't want you to think of it as, oh, this is physical, I have to change my physical being. This is mental, I have to change my mental being. This is emotional, I have to change my emotional being. All it's three all, of them are going to change at the same time. Right, it's all <clears throat> across the board. There's an energetic change within. Uh, well, yeah, I'm bringing up a lot of stuff in my head, so... <laughs> See, for any thoughts on change, discipline, and internalization? Well, when you talk about Kung Fu, and you use that as a, as a model, you have to understand what Kung Fu is. Uh, for me, when I was younger, Kung Fu was about learning how to fight. But Kung Fu really means energy and time. So uh, actually, Kung Fu is in every, everything that you do. Uh, the reason they called it Kung Fu is because it was one of the hardest things to do to actually practice or to get proficient at something. They called it Kung Fu because it took a lot of energy and time to understand your physical um, body movement uh, and applying it to things. But uh, a violinist, a tennis player, basketball player, baseball, uh, computer tech guy, they can all have Kung Fu in what they do. So when you talk about Kung Fu, it means energy and time. Energy and time means that you have to contribute um, discipline uh, to what it is that you're doing. And, and that's where I come up with, okay, yeah, well, discipline never means convenient. It's never convenient to have discipline because that's what discipline actually represents. If you want to do something, you have to have the ability uh, at the end of what uh, ben was saying the trigger points, you have to have the ability to take action. That's Kung Fu. That's Kung Fu in anything you do. When we have Kung Fu, a lot of people like you have Kung Fu for your family. Okay, so you may not want to, or most people do not, want to get up out of bed, whatever time you get up out of bed, and go to work. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to get up and go to work. Now, maybe when you're, and then the drive to work is usually a drag. Then when you're at work and you're actually applying your Kung Fu where you're at, you're able to apply it and it's not so bad because you're there. The hardest part about work is actually getting up and getting there. Depending on what you have to deal with at work and what kind of job you have or what kind of uh, dysfunctional family you're working with. Because basically that comes a dysfunctional family because you have to work with people you like and you have to work with people you don't like. All of that 
is bringing the ability to take action, the ability to get up and do what you have to do for your family. It's a little bit more difficult when it comes down to doing things for yourself, you know, things that you want to do. Now, what that actually means is to be able to apply yourself uh, to everything that you do, to be involved with it, to be true to who and what you are. But also, like, if you're working in an environment that is... You know, you can't go in and say, uh, I'm a Kung Fu expert uh, if you're uh, working in a uh, McDonald's, you know, like who cares that you're a Kung Fu expert or you have to wear your McDonald's hat. If you walk into, uh, you know, you're working at a bartender, as a bartender, you wear your bartender's hat. If you're a baseball player, you wear your baseball hat. You know, you are what you are and what you have to be to, to perform in that environment. But... You still have to have presence of who you are uh, in the process of all of that. The ability to take action on something that you want to do, if you want to lose weight. It's like you, you, you'll constantly hear uh, people say that I quit smoking as they're smoking a cigarette. And I'll go to myself and say, well, how do you quit smoking if you're still smoking a cigarette? Well, I, I, I quit for six months. Well, then you didn't really quit. If you quit, then you quit. Oh, but I could quit any time. Okay, so what, what, is, what, do you, what is that? You know, people that really do quit, they make a decision to quit, they take action, and they never go back to it. And for whatever the reason may be, uh, I'm starting a family, I don't want my kids to see me smoking. Uh, I'm not feeling well, I want to stop smoking. You know, for whatever reason they have, when that reason really becomes significant in their life, they have the ability to take action. Like, <clears throat> I want to lose weight. And there's all these, you know, there's a billion-dollar organization out there making money at all these different routines and diets and all these quick fixes that don't work. Uh, it really has to start with you. Any diet or anything will work if you have the discipline to follow through on it and you have the ability to take action. So all of that, the idea of Kung Fu, the idea of discipline, the idea of taking action, and all these things that I, that I teach about know your dragon and the unsheathed sword and all of this stuff, really comes into your perceptional reality. Where you are and how you are thinking about the environment that you're in. Are you able to be true to yourself and who you are in your perceptional reality of where you are? Or do you have to like wait till you're in a perfect position to take any type of action? Oh, if I had this, or if I had that, or if I had more money, or if I had more time, or if I had a better relationship, or if I had a better car, or if I had a better job, that's all a con. You're not really changing any perceptional reality. You're not really able to take... I need a better area to practice than in my bedroom or in my kitchen. I need a, a better dojo. I need more convenience. They're all lies that you tell yourself and therefore you are not uh, involved in uh, what is actually happening. Uh, you're not really practicing what you preach. You know, you need to bring that to the table. So how does one do that? How does one change the perceptional reality when you're miserable getting up every day and going to work? 
when you make excuses for not doing the dishes, when you make excuses for not following through on what it is that you should be following through on. Because all it is is an excuse and your inability to accept where you are. So how can you help yourself or how can you help anybody if you can't do it yourself? And that's, that's the thing that I have with, uh, the problem I have with uh, a lot of people, most people, I would say maybe our organizations or groups or individuals, you know, like 80% of the people do not practice what they preach. They say, oh, well, you do this, you do that. Well, how can you, how can you say that if you haven't been there earlier? How can you talk about uh, if you never had a gun pointed to your head, how can you say that this is what you do? You know, okay, that's fine, but you could go through, yes, you don't need a gun point, pointed to your head to know that that's a bad thing. So you don't need to, like, there's people that have traveled around the world and they still come back to, as, as, as stupid as they were when they left. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. What changes is your perception. So how does one do that? And so you could teach how to defend against the gun without, you know, somebody actually being in that experience. Doesn't mean that that's gonna, that that that's the idea of the kung fu. That's the whole idea of putting it into. You know, hey, I don't. You don't need to have a gun pointed to your head to know that it's good or a bad thing. Oh, I lived through it. Well, you might have just been lucky, <laughs> or the guy didn't pull the trigger. What does that mean? Oh, I've been in combat. Well, okay. So there's different people that have, you, you could feel what's coming off of that individual, you know, like what's happening or, or, or what their experiences are. When they, when they can bring that experience to the table and then they can bring other scenarios of how or what they should have done or how they could have done better, then you're talking a teacher. You know, you don't actually need to be in the jungle and be attacked by a guy with a machete to learn how to defend against a guy with a machete. The difference is, is, is fear going to freeze you or are you going to be able to take action? And that's, that's where you have to have a better understanding of your perceptional reality of who and what you are. If you're in a house and you have your wife or your husband and your children there and a guy walks in with a machete and is going to start hacking people up in your home, most people are not going to freeze when it comes to the family. They're going to take action even if it means their own life. Think about that. You will fight when your back is against the wall. The differences with Kung Fu or people who have experience or have a different perception of things is that they have the ability to take action and maybe survive the situation, whether they have been in that situation or not. How many people have been robbed or mugged or shot? You know, not too many when you think about it. You know, there's a lot of people that have been in different situations and different scenarios, but it doesn't happen every day of your life. If you watch like any detective show or anything that's on TV and you really are watching that show, you got to see how ridiculous it is. I mean, why would you want to be a cop when every day somebody's shooting at you or you're faced with murders and rapes every freaking day? You know, you talk to police officers that have been in the service for a long time, maybe, maybe they've been attacked once or twice, you know, and that once or twice that has happened, it's given them the experience or has made them waken up or walk them up to it. If you're an officer that's working in Newark or you're working in Camden or you're working with uh, in different areas 
uh, that you're dealing with this type of violence and stuff, you're dealing with that every day. The problem with that and where the Kung Fu is lost is that police enforcement officers have a different and a bad perception. And the perception is, hey, you're there to help the people. You're there not as a warrior. You're there as a peaceful warrior. You are part of a community. Now, you have to deal with people that are from all different aspects of intelligence, uh, of aggressiveness, whatnot. But people aren't going to share information with you. They're not going to be willing to give something up to you if you're coming in as a warrior. Like, I'm here to do battle against bad, and everybody starts to become bad. And just because a person doesn't speak right, or a person doesn't act right, or a person comes from a lower income, or whatever it may be, you're there as a warrior, but you're also there to serve the community. There's perception. So when you are dealing with environment, you have to understand whatever environment you're in to bring yourself to it. So I may not be living in the perf most perfect conditions. I may not have this. I may not have that. I may not be rich. I may have to go to work every day. I may have to do this. But the ability to take discipline, the ability to take action, the ability to, 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 to be involved with my environment, not to wait for a perfect scenario, is what's going to make improvement. It's going to improve my vessel. It means you need to have self-respect for who and what you are. Not wait for the aesthetic perfect condition uh, that, you, that you need. If you walk into a situation, wherever you're working, okay, you have to kind of leave yourself at home and you have to work in that environment. You know, you have to be different. When you come home, then you have to bring yourself, even in your own home, you have your children, you have family, you have to be whatever you have to be to your family. If you're a car salesman and somebody comes up and they want to buy a car, you have to be a car salesman. You can't be Kung Fu guy. You can't be this guy. You can't be that guy. You have to be where you are to your environment. So you have to be able to adapt and overcome. So discipline means to be able to take action, to not wait for perfect scenarios, to be in the perception of your own reality, to recognize who and what you are and where you are. The condition is you. You are the condition. You are the one who needs to take action. You are the one that can move through what you need to move through or participate. I want to lose weight. I want to be better at this. I want to practice my drums. I want to do this. You need to create that environment where you are not wait for something to be perfect to not to like I need to have a million dollars before I could do this because then you're always wanting and you're never doing you need to have the ability to do what's the most important thing in your life you without you you don't have family without you you don't have a job without you you don't have challenges without you you have nothing if you don't exist then you don't have the problems that you have because you're no longer here to worry about those problems. They're here as a creative design to motivate you. If you look at your life, it's not a matter of somebody else's life being better than yours. It's a matter of who and what you are. I could be in a room with multimillionaires with 
actors and people that are respected from the world. And it means nothing to me. And I know that if I'm in a room with all those people, I'm going to be the one who's going to get the attention. Why? Because I'm real. I could care less what you have, who you are, what you do. It means nothing to me. What means to me is who you are as a person, not how much money you have or how famous you are, how powerful you are, because I'm powerful in my own right. I'm my own vessel, my own unit. It doesn't matter what you have. There's nothing I need from you or anybody. I need what I need from me. And there you go. That's the ability to take action. That's the ability to see the perception. That's the having self-respect for who you are as, as your own universe. Not measured by anyone or anything else. That's perceptional reality. That's the ability to appreciate where you are and what I call many hats. You have to wear different hats. And that is commanding your mat. When I teach and when I bring something, wherever I am, if you step onto my mat, that's my mat. I command it, no matter who and what you are. You know, you could be Donald Trump and have all the money in the world. Are you going to go to him if the world collapses? And everything falls apart, right? And there's Donald Trump on the street, and he has nothing but his experience of how to make money. Not that I'm picking on Donald Trump. I'm just using him because right now he's a popular guy, right? And there's a guy that has nothing now. He doesn't have... And now next to him is this bum who's living on the streets for 30 years. Knows how to stay warm. Knows where to get coffee. Knows how to survive on the street. Who at that point to you becomes the most valuable person in a, in a collapse? Are you going to go to Trump because he, has, he had money, he had this, that. Now he has, no, he has no experience. You're going to go to the beggar. But being the chimpanzees that we are, we may say, oh, he has that image. I'm going to stay with Trump. And eventually you're going to die. Because you're following somebody that doesn't know how to survive in the street or how to survive in that environment. And Trump, being the smart man that he is, is probably going to say, hey, man, don't follow me. Let's follow this guy who's been on the street for a while because he's a survivor. He, so he's going to adapt to that situation and realize, hey, man, if I want to survive, this guy that I ignored my whole life and never threw anything at him is going to be the guy that's going to actually save me because he knows he may not speak well. He may not have the intelligence that I have. He may not have the education that I have. He may not have multi-billion dollar organizations. But man, the guy knows how to keep warm when it's freezing out and there's, and there's no fuel and no place to go. The guy knows how to find food. The guy knows how to survive. I need to learn what he does. You have to switch your hats. So commanding your mat when you are who you are. If somebody steps on that mat, it's your mat. It gives you the ability to take action. And whatever hat you're wearing at that point doesn't mean that you lose yourself. doesn't mean if I get upset, you know, people have no idea or concept of what you can do. Now, anybody's dangerous. I may be dangerous in a different way than other people are dangerous, but another person may say, hey, I don't like this guy. I'm going to go grab a gun and shoot him in the head. Then they become dangerous. Oh, I don't like this guy. I'm going to take the screwdriver and I'm going to shove it into this guy's eye because the screwdriver is available. You know, like you hear all this stuff about guns, 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 guns. You know, maybe 1% of persons are killed by guns. Most people are killed by a wrench. 
a bat, a knife, knives, oh my God, uh, screwdrivers, hammers. That's what people are killed by. Traffic accidents, cars, people running people over with their bicycles, you know, skateboards hitting in the head. You know, people aren't carrying guns, you know, but guns are the thing. Now you get one maniac that comes in and he knows how to shoot a gun and he's shooting snipers and stuff. Those are the things that are publicized, but people are killed every day in their houses by screwdrivers and stuff like that. They don't know how to defend against. Anybody can become a killer is what I'm saying, at any point in time when they decide to take that type of violent action. You know, the better you are at what you know or can defend yourself against that. You know, my big thing as far as weapons go, you know, uh, is learning how to take the weapon away. Because that's what you really need to do. Because most people do not carry weapons on them. And even a police officer will tell you that if somebody's coming at them with a knife, they don't really have time to reach for their gun, pull their gun out and shoot them. They have to take action right then and there. And hopefully after they take action, maybe they can get and retrieve their gun. So if a person knows they're going to come after you, they have that, they have that one step on you. So all of a sudden, I guess I would say the greatest danger to a police officer is that they depend on their uniform. But any police officer will say, when people don't respect the uniform anymore, that's when they get hurt. They're depending on when you walk up to them, when they walk up to you, they see the uniform and that the law is going to like, I don't want to go to jail. But if you have a person that doesn't care about going to jail, or if you have a person on the opposite end that doesn't want to go to jail, <laughs> then all of a sudden the uniform becomes not important anymore. And they're coming at that individual with everything they have. And now, oh, uh, I have to take some type of action. And the ability to take action there is what's important. To me, that's what the Kung Fu is. Your body must become the weapon first. And then anything from that is an extension of it. Your mat, you must be able to command your mat. If anybody comes onto that mat, you must represent who and what you are. That is Kung Fu in absolutely everything that you do. And anything that you do, that's bringing energy and time into it. That's living and being in the environment that you are in now and have the ability to take action. Having the ability to take discipline. If you have a dream and you want to be an entrepreneur, then you've got to step up to the plate and you have to do what you have to do. You can't wait for the perfect scenario. You can't wait to, oh, I'm emotionally unstable today or I feel this. You can't. It's about taking action. It's about bringing out that sword that you were talking about earlier and cutting through adversity. But you need to recognize that you're holding the sword. You need to see that you're holding the sword and have the ability to take action in that situation. You have to command your mat. So the difference is no matter where I am, if you step onto that mat, it's my mat. I don't care if you're Donald Trump or if you're some guy in the street or if you're a gang member, or if you're a multimillionaire, or if you're a famous, it doesn't mean anything to me. If somebody is standing in front of me and they walk across water, it still doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool, but how's, what's that mean? I should follow you? You know, what, what does that mean? I can't do that. Show me something that I can do. Or what can I process or what can I practice?
it's like Ben was saying earlier about bigger guys and this stuff and the other thing. I mean, to me, it's all the same. You step onto my mat, it doesn't matter. You can grab me, you can put me in bear hugs, you can hold me, lift me, you can try to flip me, whatever you want to do. You're going down, you know? And if it's another proficient person that's just as proficient as you, then it's Miyamoto Musashi, the first one who comes down with the sword. Or somebody that just has a better understanding, they could come down with the sword. And sometimes you win, sometimes they win, sometimes you both win. You know, the ability to take action, understand your own perceptional reality. If you want to lose weight, if you want to take change, then you need to first accept where you are and not, you need to command your mat. Your mat is everywhere you go. You represent that mat. It doesn't mean like, oh, I live in a house that doesn't, has termites. I live this. It's irrelevant. It's all you want to do. So you could be a very wealthy person or you could be a guy that's living on the street. If you have your mat, that's where you are. That's what you need to command. That's the difference. Command your mat. Command when You walk into that mat, you bow onto that mat, and you take action. So the ability to take action and the hardest and the most difficult part of it is your own perception and your own perception of reality. Because it all comes down to that. It all comes down to your perception of reality of where you are and what you're going to do. If you want to be famous, you want to create a business, you want to do, you have to have the ability to take action. You know, what drives you? You know, well, for me, my drive has always been a soulful drive. Internal Kung Fu for me has never been, I want to do Kung Fu. Now, when I was 14, yes. You know, well, I don't know. I was confused at 14, but I just did it because it was a, it was something that, well, my whole story about how I got involved with that's a whole story in itself. But my point is, is that it was always a way of processing me, of trying to understand more about me. It wasn't just about, hey, I could reach out my hand and hit you in the head. It was about, it was a, it was working with my temple, communicating with that. And then from there, it, gave, it helped me build up character, personality, and allowed me to discover my Mac. And that could be done through tennis. It could be done through playing the drums. I'm also a musician. It could be done through soccer. It could be done through baseball. It could be done through your job. Anything, you could bring Kung Fu to anything. To me, Kung Fu uh, is, is the most wonderful tool because if you could do just Kung Fu the way that, you know, for like Kung Fu, like in the martial art community, then it gives you a lot of abilities to amalgamate it to other things in your life, like tennis. or It will improve everything else that you do because it works on overall body movement. So I was just lucky that I got involved with it as, as a young person. But you could come into it anytime, anywhere. People say to me, oh... Uh, I have to be really, like Ben was saying, I have to be in better shape before I do Kung Fu. No, that's why you do it in the first place. Oh, I wish I started when I was younger. No, it's great as an adult because now you have presence of mind. Your mat should be even more alive now and you can, you're not wasting, you know, all that energy as a kid not knowing where you are. Now you have a better concept of who and what you are. So you can actually achieve more coming into it as an adult than you did when you were a kid. Like, like, uh, less wasted movement, you know, through the anxieties of being a child. 
So when you talk about internalizing, and we talked about, you know, different safeties that you have, like we talk, when I talked about empty faith, and we talked about empty love, and we talked about empty trust, you know, it's not designed. That's the key. So when I talk about movement, and I talk about simplicity, we talk about, we talk about do, the ability to do, the ability uh, to take action, all that has to come from commanding your mat. Being in your environment, wherever you are, and to be able to have the discipline to do what it is that you want to accomplish. Because you are your own universe. You are your own vessel. And what you want to do with that is where you are. You don't, you're not measured by what society is like. If you're a doctor, is that who you are? But doctors feel that, yes, zebras hang with zebras, monkeys hang with monkeys, chimpanzees hang with chimpanzees, you know, rats hang with rats. Kung Fu is about amalgamating yourself to everything, every environment. Your mat is wherever you go. And if something comes onto that mat and decides to try to destroy you, bring it on. Let's see what you got. Whether, whatever environment it's in, you command that mat. And if somehow you are destroyed, okay. But you need to be who you are, where you are, wherever you are. And that's the big problem with everyone, I think. You know, they measure themselves by, by oh, I'm a sanitation worker. I pick up garbage. Oh, right away, you're low. What? What? What does that mean? You know, what does that have to do with who and what you are as an individual? You know, or where you are. That sanitation worker, you know, have abilities in many other aspects. It doesn't mean that I'm a garbage man. That's not who you are. I'm a doctor. That's not who you are. I'm a pharmacist. You're none of those things. You are who you are. That's just a process that we are dealing with in our society or whatever you need to survive or what happens to be your lifestyle. If you were in Africa and you were a different race or different culture and you were in a, um, a hut, well, that's where you are. I mean, that's who you are. If you're um, in an igloo in, 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 in the north or south pole, that's who you are. And now you got to deal with polar bears every day. You know, like that's your environment. It has nothing to do with taking action. You know, in, in, in that sense that it's not measured if you want to accomplish something in your life, then you have to have the abilities to accomplish it, and you have to have the abilities to recognize change. You can't talk about it. you got to do it. You want to be a successful person at business, whether you live in an igloo, you're in a tent in Africa, or you're here in the environment that you live in. If this is what you want to do, you have to have the ability to accomplish it and take the action to do it. But first has to come with the change of mind that I want to do it. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own business. Well, don't talk about it. Take action and do it. I want to be a writer. I want to write a book. You know, my first book that I wrote, I wrote, I have dyslexia. It's terrible. It was horrible. But I did it. I wouldn't ask anybody to read it, but I did it. I took action. Everybody just talks of what they want to do or what they plan on doing, but have they don't have the ability to take their mat, who they are, where they are. They have to have a perfect environment. Do you think, you know, uh, there is a process, and there's also jealousies that we deal with, you know, like 
Maybe a person like Donald Trump has old money. He comes from a family I don't know anything about his history, but usually people like that, it's old money. A lot of nepotism goes on within the actors and actresses and all this. There's a lot of family-related things, and a lot of people get jealous of that. Why are you jealous of that? You know, what does that have to do with you? You know, old money, this, that, and the other thing. Stand your ground. Be who you are. Don't look at somebody else or what somebody else has or, oh, they just have old money or their money's been around or they have their snobs or this, that, and the other thing. Who cares? If they come to you and they're asking you a question about something, then be there for them no matter where they are. Don't be there for somebody because you expect to get something back from them. But if I was not who I am with the Kung Fu, would you guys be here? No, you would not. If I didn't have the ability to take my hand and do what I can do to your chest or perform the way that I would, then you wouldn't be there. You have to be real. You have to practice what you preach. You know, when I go into like when I taught the Marines or I taught the police, I would walk in there and it was and I'm walking there by myself. And there's this little bald guy, you know, and you're dealing with these mountain people and violent people and to walk up to them and then say okay this have you guys dealt with violence this, that, and the other thing you'd be surprised what you get okay come here you grab me do whatever you want to do and i do what i do and they go well how well how'd you i'll never do that again right because i practice what i preach i do what i do i don't Create an environment that allows me to, like, okay, I create an environment that I'm good in. I don't live in a fish tank. It's wherever I go. No matter where I am or who I am, this is who I am. I can go up to you and say, do what you got to do and do it. Because I am true to who and what I am. My mat is with me. I don't, can't speak for people that are here in the room or people in general, but... You need to command your mat. And if you want to be successful at anything that you do, you first have to be successful in yourself. You have to recognize that you have meaning. You have value to you. That's where it has to begin. And then from there, you can actually start to practice what you preach in any environment that you're in. You don't need to be in a perfect environment, to live in a perfect house, to have this, to have that. It's not measured. It's soulful, you know? So if you want to accomplish business, you want to be a successful writer, which you two guys, you know, want to be, you know, you need to take action and do that. You can't talk about it or just admire somebody else or look, well, this writer is here. You can learn from them, take pieces, use them as a model, but you need to be true to who and what you are. You need to recognize that. That's discipline, Ben. That's what you're discovering. You know, sometimes you just have to shut the hell up and stop letting all these voices get in the way. Not saying not to listen to them, but there's a time to listen to them. There's a time to take action. Okay, this voice is saying, uh, I'm tired. This voice is saying, this voice is saying my anxieties. No, I'm getting on my mat. I'm going to bow in. I'm going to take action. I'm going to do what I have to do here. And then I'll listen to that voice. Basically, shut the hell up voice. I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, I need to, hey, this voice is saying, eat that piece of cake, even though you're as fat as a house. And then the next day, you won't eat that cake 
But today you can. Oh, let me order a ton of food and have a Diet Coke. All right? All right, so what the hell are you doing? Oh, I can, you know, like, why are you eating excessively? You were talking about having love for food. It's not just love for food. It's anxiety. You eat because you're depressed. You eat because of this. And they know it. People know it. They just don't know what to do because you have the inability to take action. You know, and when soon as somebody says something or something happens, you'll go to your safety net. You'll go to your comfort zone, even though that comfort zone may be destroying you. You know, like when you teach the martial art, people right away, they go to the right, their, their steady, you know, uh, boxing stance. And you've been saying that that stance isn't working for you. You need to switch it up a little bit. And then when they get under pressure, they go back to it, and then they get their ear knocked off because, and there's the coach on the side saying, no, don't stand that way. He's got to take advantage. You're dropping your left. You're dropping your right. Bam, bam, bam. Oh. But people still go back to their comfort zones because they don't have diversibility. You know, so it's like I say to somebody, okay, you're learning Kung Fu, right? All right, you're learning Kung Fu. So I have a group of guys that are learning Kung Fu, and you're throwing so much at them. They gotta learn this form. They gotta, I gotta do something. Kid, and then secretly I got this guy I lock up in a basement. Right? I lock him up in the basement. He's chained to the basement. So he's he's he's, uh, he's he's pissed off, you know, and um, and uh, he's not gonna fall out of that chair, is he? If he leans back, yeah. Okay. Yeah, screw those things. That's good. All right, so. Um, so he's chained up in the basement, he's in there and I'm feeding him raw steak, you know, and, uh, I'm showing him a punch, two punches and a kick. And he's been doing those two punches and a kick for a couple of years. And you got all these students that are doing all this stuff and they're good at what they're doing. Then I lock him out of the basement. As I lock him out of the basement, he comes in, you got these guys that are really good and he only is proficient at these two punches in this kick and he totally destroys all these other guys because all he focused on was those two punches and that kick and he is very or she is very good at what they do and everyone else is listening to all this noise and not perfecting what it is that they should perfect so everything is a step at a time so the first part of discipline is recognizing where you are Perfecting first the ability to take action to do something about not eating that piece of cake. The first step is not eating that piece of cake. And then from there, you build on other steps. And then your voices start, you start mastering what is happening. You start recognizing why is that voice or why is that voice always making me go back to eat this piece of cake when I shouldn't. Because by the end of the week, you've had maybe 30 pieces of cake, but you've only thought that you've had one. You know, but you don't recognize that you had two or three pieces during the day or that you this, that, and the other thing. Because you, you just lose track of it. Don't lose track of yourself. That's commanding your mat. That's the ability to take action. That's the ability to see your perceptional reality. It's a hard thing to say when you're at work and people come in and they're all miserable. And then you turn to them and you say, well, it's all a matter of perception. And they laugh because you're laughing even saying it. It's just a matter of perception. But it really is true. It is a matter of perception. 
You know, we, we could end it with something really simple. You know, the old tea ceremonies were kind of cool. You know, because in a tea ceremony, you would be in this little, like, tea house. And you would have to get down on all fours to crawl into this, this little room to get into this tea house. Right? And you go into the tea house in the dead of summer. And the sun's on it, and you're drinking tea. <laughs> right? But all around in the tea house are pictures of winter. There's a winter picture, this, that, and the other. And the tea that you're drinking is more for winter. It's a cooling tea. And the idea of that is recognize, hey, you're in the heat of this house. You're doing all you're doing. But the perception is where you are and your perception of reality that there's also something cooling about it. It's about switching your perceptions. You may be sweating and feeling what you're doing, but this is the environment that you're in. Live with that environment, adapt to that environment, and have the ability to take action and enjoy the tea. Not looking for the perfect situation, you know, that you need. Like, look at where we're at here. We're recording in here. Freaking chairs. You almost fell through the chair. The big guy almost collapsed the chair, right? And the dog is barking, and, we, and, and we're in, right now, the air conditioner's off, and we're sweating to death in here. But who cares? The ability to take action is what we care about. It's why we're here, what we're doing. Command your freaking mat. Be who you are, and then people will respect that. Don't, you know, understand what you are. So if you're walking in and you have a, an interview, or you've got to face your boss, whatever it is, you have to be able to adapt. You have to wear your hat. You can't walk in, hey, I'm a Shaolin monk guy, and I can, I can take off your head. No, you need to respect where and who you are, what the, the situation and position that you're in, and that person that's in that position. You need to adapt. Doesn't mean that, hey man, I know I can reach out my hand and hit you in the head and I don't have to listen to you anymore. You need to be a part of that environment. You need to recognize that. You know, you, you, you have to command and be who and truthful to who and what you are. You know, you don't want to walk into a situation if you are proficient at what you're doing and intimidate somebody because that doesn't work either. You need to respect your environment. You need to respect the people that you're with. It's like I told uh, Kenny, you know, you get pulled over by a police officer. Right away you hate the police officer because he's pulling you over. Why is he pulling me over? Why is this happening? There's so many people breaking the law. Why is he giving me a ticket? Why is that? Why do I even deserve a ticket? Why? And he pulls you over. And he gets out of the car and he asks for your, let me see your license, registration, this and the other thing. So what is the officer really looking for? Right? He's looking for a conversation. He's looking for you to have a conversation with him. Not to hate him, not to do this. He's doing his job. Talk to him like a person. And if he gives you the ticket and stuff, whatever, well, obviously, if he gave you the ticket, okay, maybe you don't deserve it because the guy in front of you is driving too slow. You stepped on the gas to get past him, and he pulls you over instead of pulling the guy. Or you pulled far ahead against, far away from this dude because he was swerving all over the place. But the law is the law. There's, there's, the gray area is for the courts to decide. The law is black and white. When a police officer pulls you over, I don't get too many tickets. Because when a cop pulls me over, I recognize that he just wants a conversation. 
I may be nervous. I may be unpleasant. We right away, like, we feel like, oh, well, if this guy is going to take me out of the car and hit me or do anything aggressive against me, I have to be subject to the law because the law has the power. If you're having a conversation, that, you know, that's 1% that something like that could actually happen. Like when I was back in the, in the, the gangs and in the clubs and stuff like that, there was a greater percentage of something like that happening because you already have that image that you're trouble. You know, so they come in as a warrior. But what I do is I disarm. So if a police officer walks over to you, they're walking over to you as a warrior, you know, which I think is already the wrong idea, especially if you're in bad areas, you know, instead of working with the community, they feel they have to fight against the community. Work with the community. Let the community, then maybe they'll give like, hey man, that guy's got to rob that house or that guy did a bad thing. You know, they know that he did a bad thing because he just beat up the neighbor's kid. But they're not going to tell you because you're not working with the community. You're not there to help them. You're not engaging the law the way it should be done. You're going there as a warrior. So when a police officer comes up and he pulls up to your car and he comes in, give him a conversation. Don't right away give him attitude. Conversation. Hey, hello, how you doing? Pulled you over. No matter what age they're, whether they're older or younger, just show respect. That's commanding your mat. Because what does he have to do with me? I'm still who I am. You ain't taking that from me. So I just talk. It's that simple. But right away, all of you guys, I can tell you guys right in the room right now, right away get offended. Right away, why is he pulling me over? Right away, there's that and the other thing. And all their, they're just people just doing their job. You know, all the times I've been pulled over, I know why I was pulled over. Yeah. And <laughs> even if you were pulled over and you were right or wrong, you're like, ugh. Or you were drifting, your mind was somewhere, right away it's your fault. You know, it's their fault or anybody's fault. Command your mat. Command your mat. Be who you are and what you are. And no one or, or nothing uh, uh, can take that away from you, you know? Nobody can take that from you. That's the first part of discipline, you know? That's the first part. Your perceptional reality, that's where we come by uh, earlier with um, the whole idea of um, empty faith, empty trust, you know, empty love. And all the ideas of being able to... Um, bring the other things into like simplicity what does simplicity mean we talked about that and the idea of simplicity isn't so simple you know the idea to take action is in movement to have movement to be moving in your life if you want to accomplish something whether it's kung fu playing basketball if you guys we you know we get together every tuesday to do this podcast fixation and not being able to let things go Boy, man, is that you guys, you know? And you get fixated with the wrong things. Like Glenn right now is fixated with the chair. Maybe I can't just, sit back because his back's bothering him or the back's got to fall off. And, and Kenny didn't, needs to fix the chair, you know, and uncomfortable. He's fixated with not being comfortable right now or where I'm going to fall back on. It's, it's like, man, stop it. You need to just be where you are. You know, or, or recognize what you are or what, what you need to do in that situation and adapt to it. You know, all of these things in nature, all of these things in society, all these things in material and in the, uh, the, the whole aesthetics are there to teach us. 
But we all look at them, environment or people that are in power or not in power, whatever it is, we all look at everything as an enemy. We look at it and therefore we can never really participate. Glenn just injured his back. Uh, because of the job he had, which I told him that he shouldn't take in the first place, but he did. And he took the job and boom, 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 he injured his back and now he has to adapt to it. But that's a lesson. And now he could adapt to it and do different things to it and work it and maybe get better through time or maybe have to live with the back that he has to deal with, but deal with it, learn from it, grow, learn, teach. And that's really the process of taking action. You want to be an entrepreneur. You want to be successful. We want this podcast to get out there to people. First, you've got to believe in it yourself. I could care less if two people listen to the podcast or 100 billion people listen to the podcast. What I do care about is I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing what I believe in. And I'm not doing it because I, I want to change the world. I'm doing it because I believe in what I'm doing. That's where it has to begin. That's commanding your mat. That's the ability to take action. That's the ability. You want to be a writer? Believe in it. Participate in it. Don't believe in it because it's being measured by other people or by I'm a successful artist because people love my artwork. I must be doing something right. No, it has to be you first. It's not measured by somebody saying, I like your writing, therefore you have, you have, you know, uh, wealth, you have, you have merit, you, you're great. No. You need to do what you do because you're doing it because you believe in it. You believe in yourself. You have faith in yourself. And it's not measured by Kenny saying to me, wow, you're a great martial artist. I could care less if you think I'm a great martial artist. I could care less. I just am who I am. What I do care about is that I practice what I preach. Kenny, grab me. No. Oh, yeah. He learned his lesson. All right. Strangers, come up. Grab me. Do this. This is what I do. Boom. I can do what I say I do. I believe in what I'm doing. I'm doing the podcast not to make millions of dollars, not to do, I'm doing it because I believe in it. That's the beginning. The results may be materially profitable down the line. They may do this, they may bring up, but the result of the first beginning of it, whether one person is listening to it, just the people that are in this room, whether it becomes successful or not, is not important to me. What's important, the first step, is that I'm doing it because I believe in what I'm doing. When I get up and do my forms or I practice or I teach, I do it because I believe in what I'm doing. It's me. It represents me. To me, that's God. That's the expression of what creation is inside of me expressing. That's the ability that I have to just be who I am. Not measured by anyone or anything by me. The first person that needs to recognize greatness is me. And that greatness is not measured by what other people think. It's measured by me. I need to see the greatness in myself and what I can accomplish in just me, not measured by society, not measured by money, not measured by what car I drive or what job I have, by me. That's 
That's the cylinder. That's the vessel. You know, that's truth. And it allows me to have value. Not value because I'm valued by someone or something else. Or because I'm rich or famous or any of those things. It allows me to have personal value. So no matter where I am, what room I'm in, who I'm with, it becomes irrelevant. And it really does. And you guys know me well enough to know that. You know, and you also seen it in other environments or in other environments. I'm always true to who and what I am. And that's what you need to do. If you want to practice discipline, you have to see greatness in yourself. Not measured by anybody or anything else. And you have to start with not eating that piece of cake. <laughs> you know, you have to start right there. And if you want to accomplish anything, anything in your life, it first has to be accomplished on your own mat. With your own voices and all the anxieties and all the noise and everything that's happening. And that's what we wanted to discuss. And maybe we can end it with that. The many voices within. Maybe we could go into that. But discipline, you got to recognize it. You have to have the ability to take action. You know? you got to command your mat. You have to understand your own perceptional reality. That has to move with you everywhere you go. It has to be a part of who and what you are. Then you have the ability to take action. Are you guys here right now? And you have to think about it, right? You're all three of you are here probably because of me more than anything else. But are you here because you believe in it? Or you just believe in me? Is this a part of who and what you are? Are you present in what you're doing? Do you appreciate being right here, right now? I do. And if we go to a diner and we're sitting there eating, we're driving, I appreciate where I'm at. That's my stage. That's my mat. I'm doing this because I believe in it in myself. And I realize one thing that most people don't. We're all interconnected. We all are interconnected. Every person, everything is interconnected. And all I'm doing is reaching out to it. But first... I'm here because I believe in what I'm doing. I don't really, it's, it's nice when people will come and they'll listen and they'll ask questions. And if it helps to me, my biggest thing, my very biggest thing is, is a troubled mind. People have troubled minds. You can be crippled. You could be this. You could be diseased. You could be dying. But a troubled mind, people are like walking around in torture. They're unhappy with themselves. Whether they're, you know, unhappy with things that are in their life, they're unhappy with this, that, and the other. They're all walking around like tortured people. I am not a tortured person, but I was. It took a lot of time and energy, a lot of kung fu to be where I am. And there's many times that I fall. And I'm not saying, I am not saying that I can not fall now. There could be something that comes in my life or something that happens that causes me to have for a moment or for a time, uh, an emotional collapse. I'm not saying that's not possible, but it's damn harder than what it is for you guys for it to happen, you know? And I hate the tortured minds. I hate that I see people walking around unhappy with their lives. 
unhappy with themselves, measured by what they have materially. And it cripples them so much that they have the inability to take action. And you know why? Because they don't believe in themselves in the first place. They don't see what they're capable of. They don't recognize their own mat and the ability to take action. And that's all part of growing like a puppy. You ever watch a puppy dog grow? They grow one side up and the other side comes up and the middle comes up. They were growing in all these different increments till they become, you know, a junkyard dog that you just don't want to mess with. You know, it's all about growth, but it's recognizing where you are and appreciating where you are. The first thing that I do with this, just this podcast as an example, is I'm here because I do it because I want to, because I believe in what I'm doing, not because I'm looking for results. The results are all a process of it because, yes, I would like to see people listen and maybe challenge themselves and do things to help the troubled minds because that's like a pet peeve of mine. Whether it's right or wrong, I just see so many people unhappy. And the only way they're going to be happy is they feel if their environment changes. No. No, 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 no. You are your environment. You are your mat. Recognize where you are, and then you could truly start to make changes. Pull out that sword and cut through adversity. Have the ability to take action and understand how not to forget where you are. And then you have the ability to bow in and do what it is that you say that you want to do. You need to believe in it. You know, you need to recognize it. And that's the learning the many voices. And we could, we can, we can kind of, we always forget what we want to start with. So, but when we talk about the many voices. You need to listen to what those voices are saying. And you also need to tell them, like you were saying earlier, Ben, shut up. <laughs> and, you know, I need to do this. I want to turn off all the voices and I'm going to practice. I'm going to turn off all the voices and I'm going to be present. You know? And we do not realize also we do not realize how much of our biology, our chemistry, our environment, the way we were raised, all have something to do with those voices as well. You know? And that's where discipline has to come in. So if you guys want discipline, have the ability to take action, believe in yourself, or at least where you are, discover your mat. You need to discover your mat. You need to bring your mat wherever you are. When you're teaching a class, you are, everyone comes onto that mat. When you're in an environment, wherever you're in a room or you're uh, talking at a lecture or you walk into a party, it's your mat. And you need to respect other people and what to do. If you get pulled over by a police officer and they step onto your mat, don't treat them as an enemy. Have a conversation. Now, if you're being attacked or something happens and you need to take action, then you need to take action. But you better take the proper action. Taking the wrong action can end up causing you a lot of problems. When you talk about the law and you beat up two people that attacked you and a police officer walks into that scenario and there's no witnesses and you have no scrapes on you and you say, well, I'm a martial art expert. These guys attacked me. All he sees is two guys laying on the ground bleeding. And he's saying, well, they attacked, they attacked me. What's he going to think? It's the law. So you need to also know, okay, I need an attorney. I need to talk to a lawyer. Officer, I realize you're here doing your job, but I'm not giving any information out until I talk to somebody else. And don't waive your rights. 
understand the law can help you. But you also don't want to be a jerk and say, what? They attacked me. Blah, 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 blah. You, you need to have an understanding of your mat. You also need to face maybe the consequences that you're going to go to jail even though you were attacked. <laughs> it could happen. But if you communicate, have a conversation, it's different. But right away we take offense. You know, command your mat. Have self-respect. Do what you do because you believe in it. And if you want to be a successful writer, then get the ball rolling. If you want to be a successful martial artist, if you want to create a business, you need the discipline to do it. Don't make excuses. You know? That's... That's discipline. And it's never convenient. Hey everyone, Sifu and I just wanted to let you know that the website is up. It's systemswithinsystems.com. That's all one word. If you're in the central New Jersey area and looking to train, you can email us at sws.kungfu at gmail for private or small group lessons, or you can just come down to the school on Monday nights from 6.30 to 9. If you're looking for a phone consultation with Sifu, you can reach us at the same email, sws.kungfu at gmail. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Take care.